0: Uncle, you better come look at this. What? There's a white man standing
1: in the street. I've seen one.
0: Not like this. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, it's Wait a minute. Wait
1: a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Well, wait. Wait a minute. I see what's going on here. Wait a minute. No. Wait a minute. All right, and welcome into the first uh, ever episode of Wait, You Haven't Seen, um, the podcast where we find a movie that somebody we know hasn't seen and talk about it. Uh, Joining me today, I have Charlie. Hey, how's it going? Hey. Um, Christina.
0: Hello. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. And David. Hello. And... um, david you've never seen die hard with a vengeance before before now
2: that is correct
1: okay well um a little background on that so die hard with a vengeance what 1995 right yes
2: the year of my birth
1: oh <laughs> uh, i just Which
0: explains so much
1: uh, i think it really I, does i i really feel like i just aged about five more years um uh, so, 1995, third in the Die Hard, what is now, what, five-movie series? Um, yes. If you count four and five, which, okay, sure, whatever. Um, but I, for me, it's my second favorite in the series. I, I like it a lot better than Die Hard 2. I like the Die Hard movies. I, you know, watched them. I didn't watch them growing up, necessarily, but, yeah, I saw them. I saw Die Hard with a Vengeance within a year or two of it being in the theater. Um. But uh,
3: I, I watched that one pretty close after it came out of the theater myself.
1: Yeah. And Same. I'm assuming then that uh,
3: the, the two of you both enjoy the movie. Yes. I, I like it a lot. It's, okay. it's just a great movie, let alone a great Die Hard movie.
1: Okay. Well, uh, I guess we'll ask the big question first is, David, what did you think of the movie?
2: Uh, I think it's an excellent movie. Um, of the Die I have now have only seen two i've seen the first one and i have seen the third one i've not seen Die Hard 2 which is dumb because i own it (laughs) um and four and five just sort of seemed like i don't know it seemed like there's a lot of movies when those came out what was that sort of mid to late 2000s and then the other one was like 2013 or something and i feel just string of what were previously high end action movies that sort of fell off everybody's radar? And I feel like I missed a lot of those, including the more recent Die Hards.
1: You're not missing a whole lot there. So I was having this discussion earlier today, and I've had this discussion before about the Die Hard movies and how they progressed, and how John McClane as a character became more and more invincible as the movies went on. Because you've so you've seen the first one, correct David? Uh, yes okay yeah. and so we've all seen the first die hard and it that movie he's kind of human I mean he nothing happens to him in that movie that's too outrageous to think that he couldn't survive it even jumping off the top of the building um, but he was you know he was tied to it. But by the time you get to Die Hard, With a
0: fire hose. Hey, uh,
1: should, we should put a spoiler warning here for it, any and all Die Hards. Listen, uh, I have a personal rule of if a movie is more than ten years old, uh, I don't put out spoiler alerts because is fair
2: game. Yeah, all right.
1: <laughs> um, you should have seen it by now. <laughs> right, exactly. And if you're listening to this show about us talking about the movie and you haven't seen it, uh, that's your own fault. But, um, Fair enough. By, by this movie, my if I had a gripe with Die Hard: With Vengeance, which I don't, because I love this movie. But he's basically a superhero at this point. Like, yeah,
0: you could say he's almost unbreakable.
1: Oh, But um Well played. Well played. It, it's just there's things in this movie that he, there's no way he should have been able to survive, and yet he did. But um, it doesn't take away from my oh, enjoyment. And
2: Glass was in it too. Oh, yeah. it's multiple. <laughs>
1: Did you just make that realization now?
2: Well, I knew I got Unbreakable, but now I was like, "Oh, and glasses in it too." Okay. Wow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> way to way to go. Um, yeah. No, I. As action uh, movies go, the Die Hard movies did get more ridiculous, but the first three are are really enjoyable action movies, and I think the a lot of that is because of the character John McClane being relatable, like yeah. as just a, an everyman but after this movie he sort of stops being an everyman and starts being a superhero
2: yeah i also i also feel like with a lot of the later movies it transcended detective to more soldier war guy um and i but i do agree completely on the the invincibility thing like in the first one, I, I do specifically remember a few things that were like, ah, eh, maybe. And then this one, um, the final boat explosion.
1: <laughs> yeah. That was
2: survivable. No <laughs> chance.
1: Well, that one and the explosion in the subway tunnel. He shouldn't have survived that either.
2: That one, I, 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 I'm more okay with than the boat explosion. Because we've all seen those, like, you know, like, MythBusters and things like that where, like, you know, 50 feet away from a much smaller bomb, your brain explodes. Exactly. Just from the shockwave.
0: And then there was the water uh, draining in through the pipe oh, yeah, that he yeah. grabbed onto the ladder.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah that he would, wouldn't have... Would not have been able to grab onto the ladder. He would not yeah. have survived being thrown 100 feet in the air by the water geyser. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that one okay. too. He
3: landed yeah. in a 6 inch deep puddle. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, he landed in water. Totally fine. Yeah, Yeah, didn't you know
1: that? the
0: drop from the crane. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. The drop from the crane where the the cable that cut somebody else in half miraculously just, you know, put a a sliver into his shoulder.
0: Yeah,
2: they were just, you know, hanging on to.
1: And then they landed on that metal shipping container. They're fine.
2: They're fine. Um, Totally fine. Just some air knocked out of them. Yeah.
3: Well, this Uh, was... Go ahead.
2: Yeah, on the dude getting cut in half... And admittedly, I'm young. That seemed pretty graphic for a movie from the time. Is that just me or?
1: No, actually, that is not just you. Um, This movie. So I did a little bit of of kind of IMDb trivia search on it. And it originally was actually more. There was a lot cut out as more gory even than what it was. Um, And it got really they had to cut some scenes, um, shorten some scenes in order to reach an R rating. Hmm. It was originally going to get an NC-17. It was the bloodiest of the Die Hard movies to that point by far. Um, yeah. The other movies had had you know some some deaths in it and shooting and, and a lot of blood, but it wasn't it wasn't to the level that this one had. Um, the The scene in particular with um, the Matthias Targo um, character and John McClane when he's calling him Lurch and all that that apparently got cut down quite a bit because it was a lot more violent. Uh, was originally. that in the Was that in this one? it was it's yeah. where he's fighting the the big tall guy in, in oh, amongst with all the, the... chain yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah there was more to that apparently um originally i guess
2: I just never picked up his name
1: no that's fine um you know he's only the secondary villain in the film but whatever
2: <laughs> yeah i felt like they didn't well I mean, even then i felt like they didn't spend a lot of time on that character they no. like, showed his picture and then he appeared in the bank vault and was like mad at simon
1: yeah, no, That's they sort
2: of all that they really did with him.
1: Yeah, they didn't really uh, flesh him out very much. Well, what's interesting um, is the Die Hard movies after the first. So the first movie is based on a book. I don't know if any of you know that or not. Yeah, um, I knew the first one was. And uh, it's actually, believe it or not, the character in Die Hard, um, John McClane, was originally played on screen by Frank Sinatra. Hmm. Uh, in a movie called the Frankie boy yeah it was a so the the first book that uh the author's name was Roderick Thorpe and he wrote a book called The Detective and that got made into a movie by um, starring Frank Sinatra well then 20 some odd years later they they adapted his second book uh, sequel to The Detective called I think it was called Nothing Lasts Forever and contractually they had to actually offer it to Frank Sinatra at the time uh, for Die Hard, but he turned it down because he was, what, 60-something by then, I think. So, um, and then it, it got reworked a little bit. It's it, The character is quite a bit different from the book. Um, in the book, he was an older guy, um, like a retired detective. But I do think it's kind of neat that uh, none of the sequels to Die Hard were originally scripts for Die Hard movies. They were all, I think you were talking about this uh, earlier, Charlie, The, the that they took scripts that were going to be for basically, an, you know, an, uh, not independent, but a standalone film and work them
3: into being diehard movies. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's like, hey, we got this really good movie, but we don't think it'll sell. So let's, hey, we've got this other character. Why don't we make it a diehard movie? I kind of get that.
1: Because this, I know this one was originally the, the, the name for the movie was going to be Simon Says and according to now imdb trivia take for that what you will but according to john hensley jonathan hensley who wrote the script the first half pardon me the first half of the movie is pretty much word for word what his script was except for changing around some of the characterizations like uh the character of zeus was scripted originally as a woman um okay okay uh, Okay, let's see what it says here. Originally titled Simon Says, where Zeus was scripted as a woman and was considered by Joel Silver as the third sequel to Lethal Weapon.
2: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I get that because it would work as it it was base. I mean, Die Hard Three is basically a buddy cop movie. Yeah,
1: that that's that was another thing I was going to bring up is this is where the Die Hard series evolved into a buddy cop formula. Because mm-hmm. in this one it's Sam Jackson. In the next movie it's uh, was it the kid from the Apple commercials, uh, Justin Long. Basically, yep. um, and then in the fifth one, it's his son, right? I haven't seen the fifth yep. Die Hard, so.
0: Yeah, the character's son, yep.
2: Is that the one where they launch a, a police car at a helicopter? <laughs>
1: That's the fourth. That's the fourth one. Gotcha. What I, is... just
2: re- I re- vividly remember that from the commercial. And from that same commercial, is that the one where he, like, gets out of the cop car and, like, spins past his ankles or whatever?
1: Uh, I think so, yeah. Okay. I ha- I I've only seen that maybe once or twice. I think I saw the the original PG-13 version and then I saw the um unrated cut as well. Gotcha. Um another neat thing was the uh the sandwich board that Bruce Willis wore when he was in Harlem. Um yeah. it was blank when they were filming. They added in the text uh with CG um huh. after the fact because they actually shot in Harlem. Oh wow. <laughs>
3: So it makes sense to add the text afterwards for that. Yes. Yes. And
1: uh, some people think that because um, uh, if you watch it over on TV, it says, I hate everybody. And some people think that that's what was written on it. And then they CG'd in the other thing for the theatrical. But no, it was blank. And they just put in whatever they wanted. Um, so I thought that was kind of neat.
2: Um, that is interesting. That also opens it up to a lot of editing possibilities. Probably also super helpful for foreign language releases.
1: Yeah um let's see some other trivia uh sir sean connery was director john mctiernan's first choice for simon uh but he turned down Uh, the role saying he didn't want to play such a diabolical villain he would have been interesting in it i don't think i would have liked it as much though there's something about jeremy irons i thought i thought simon was was just a really good character
2: and i don't think i could have seen past sean connery yeah exactly it would have been sean connery Sean Connery is not a method actor. Sean Connery is not does not immerse himself in the role. No, uh,
0: he's, he's a sc- screen chewer.
2: He plays Sean Connery as
1: yeah, whatever as it is, Simon yep.
2: Gruber. Yeah.
1: Um, let's see. A couple other things. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, apparently, and and I kind of knew this. There's. John McTiernan talked about, and there's a lot of leaps of logic that you have to take for this movie, like the fact that they held, they hauled out what was it, 100 billion dollars worth of gold bars in 14 dump I trucks. I did the math.
2: I did the math. Okay. All right. So uh, when he is in the tunnel pursuing them, <clears throat> excuse me, and he radios to um, to Simon saying that, "Hey, I've, I killed your dude. I've got the truck," and he goes. Uh, maybe there's room to negotiate. You're sitting on $13 billion of gold bullion. I did some math. Um, at the close of 1995, gold was worth $387 per ounce, which times 16 is $6,192 per pound. Uh, so $13 billion in bullion divided by 6000 per pound works out to 2.1 million pounds of gold. <laughs> the average dump truck... The average dump truck holds around 50,000 pounds of material.
3: <laughs> so, Show your nerd cred. So, I, so I heard that less. number
2: and giggled and opened my calculator and a bullion price chart.
1: <laughs> That's great. Yep. Yeah. Um.
2: And, yeah, so do with that as you may.
1: Oh, man. Well, you know, it's movies, so it's movie magic, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, according to the IMDb trivia, it would take 480 dump trucks to steal all the gold from the Federal Reserve. Sounds like it might even take more than that. So, oh, yeah. uh, that's that's. I, awesome.
2: I didn't take my math any farther than that, so...
1: <laughs> it, writers have no sense of scale. No, they really don't. Um, 2.1 million pounds. Billions and
2: billions and billions.
1: Oh... Uh, um. Sam Jackson wasn't actually the first choice to play Zeus. I don't know if any of you know that. Um,
2: uh, I could understand that, but I would have to know who first choice well,
1: was. Well, so I want to go around the table and see, um, get your guesses for mid nineties. Uh, that character, it, take take him as he's written. Okay, so he's you know lives in Harlem, slightly racist. Um, you know. Or at least that's how they're playing him up. Who who do you think, without looking it up on the internet? Because I can hear your keyboard.
2: No, I was I, I was I was thinking of a dude, and I couldn't think of his name, so I googled black '90s comedian uh, Richard
1: Pryor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I could see him playing the part, but no, uh, Christina. Uh,
0: Donald Glover, the same the guy from Lethal Weapon.
1: Oh, Danny Glover. Danny, Danny Glover. Glover. Yeah, uh, Donald Glover is someone different. Um, yeah, the younger guy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Charlie. Uh, she took mine. She took yours. You would have thought Danny Glover uh-huh. too. All right. Um, well,
3: also because you mentioned that it was supposed to be a lethal weapon movie, that's 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 where my brain. Gotcha. Uh, can I have one
1: more guess? You can have one more guess. Uh, never mind. <laughs> okay. Well, um, the actual first choice to play the role, he turned it down, and then later when he decided that he wanted it, they'd already cast Sam Jackson. Was Will Smith? Lawrence Fishburne.
2: <laughs> oh.
1: Oh, he would Either have been Either one great. could have done it. He yep. would have been good, because you've got to figure this is around the time that he did Hoodlum. And I don't know if any of you have seen that, but that was actually a really good movie I need to watch again. Um, but I think he could have been good as that, especially that time, because this was pre... This would have been four, four or five years before he did The Matrix, um, so I think he would have been good, but... One thing that he doesn't do that Sam Jackson does really, really well is yell a lot. Uh, kind mm-hmm. of, kind of like uh, when he's telling John McClane his name, um, which sounded a little bit like this: so
3: Puerto Rican to you, the guy back there. Called you hey, Zeus. He didn't yeah. say hey, Zeus. He said Hey Zeus. My name is Zeus.
1: <laughs> Zeus. So that would have wouldn't have been the same if it had been uh, Lawrence Fishburne. I don't think
3: he 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 was he's not a yeller. He he really is." Um,
2: yeah, Lawrence Fishburne does his best work at an uh, inside voice.
1: <laughs> at a close-up voice. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, oh, one other bit of trivia I wanted to go over, because I thought this was interesting. Um, so the movie made like $100 million in the U.S. box office, but it made something like $150 million worldwide. So it made more money uh, worldwide than it did in the box office in the U.S., but uh, let's see. Massive intern oh I'm sorry 266 million internationally and wow. so it was the highest grossing film of 1995 and it's one of the few movies that can manage to become the highest grossing film of the year when its domestic box office was not even in the top five so it didn't it wasn't in the top five movies in the U S in 95 but worldwide it was number one wow which is interesting because it's a very
2: it's a very Americanized yes, idea.
1: Exactly. It's a very American movie. You gotta movie. know shit
2: about New York. Like they were drawing a lot a lot of stuff. I'm sorry, I swear. <laughs> no, um, no, no, that's all right. Uh, you gotta you gotta know stuff about New York. Like they were saying stuff, you know, uh, like you gotta get to uh, or you must get to hundred and twenty eighth streets and in the next hour. And they're like, ninety blocks I was like, that means nothing to me.
1: Right. Well, um <laughs> Yeah, it's a really American movie. I've actually my last time I went to New York, which was quite a while ago, but I tried to retrace as many of the steps of the movie as I could. So, um, because we're nerds. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I've actually been to the exact spot on, um, what is it? Central Park West where they jumped over the, the wall right in front of, it's actually right in front of Trump tower, okay. um, where they jumped the car out of the, out of the park and, uh, back onto the street. I've walked through that and parts of the park that they drove through, um, I did not get to Tompkins Square Park in the Payphone Beyond Hope, and there was, would have still been there at that time because this uh, last time I was in New York was like 2002, so it's been a long time. But that was fun to try and go and retrace as many of the steps as I could. Sure, because <laughs> you know the fastest way south. And the best way south is not Ninth Avenue; it was through the park. Oh dear. <laughs> I told you the park drive is always jammed. I didn't say park drive. I said through the park. (laughs) (laughs) And, okay, every time I see this movie, when he says, I didn't say park drive, and he turns the wheel, he turns the wheel the wrong way. Does anyone else notice that, or is it just me? Uh, I must have missed that.
3: It looks... I, I, I don't know enough about the area to know that he turned the wheel the wrong way.
1: Well, it's not even the, the area. It's If you look at the the direction that they're going in, he turns, it looks to me like he turns the wheel to the left, and then they turn right and tear off through the park. I thought he
0: turned right. But because I... they
2: were filming in selfie mode.
1: Well, so they wouldn't let, uh, if I remember right, they wouldn't let Bruce Willis do much of the driving in New York because it's dangerous and it costs a lot to insure. So they had, I believe they put the car on a dolly a lot and would have a stunt driver um, basically driving them around for the interior shots like that. Because there's a lot of shots you can see into the car that uh, it's definitely a stunt driver and not Bruce Willis driving. Um, I noticed that a lot.
3: I, I, I... The, that movie I, I watched when I was younger. So it was before I started turning on my brain, looking for the the mistakes and the different things in the film. So I don't remember that.
1: Well, this was the first time I ever watched it with, um, on a blu-ray and the, the higher video quality I picked up on a lot of details. I never noticed before, like, um, in the beginning of the movie, when he's, um, getting out of the truck in Harlem, he is sweating like crazy. And I, it, Maybe it's because, you know, I'd only ever seen it in standard definition on an old TV. But it was crazy the amount of detail in shots like that or um like Sam Jackson in the cab where you can see he's just white knuckling it on the dash. Yeah, so, that's one
2: thing I love about old movies getting re released on Blu ray is just how high fi they were yeah. that you didn't notice on VHS or on your CRT.
1: Well it it does show How good film stock, if you use good quality film stock, how high a resolution that really is. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Um, And then, you know, John McTiernan is such a visual director too. I mean, he's, he, you look at the movies that he's made, you know, The First Die Art, Predator, Last Action Hero, um, Crimson, not Crimson Tide, Hunt for Red October. These are very visual, um, visually appealing movies. You can laugh at Last Action Hero all you want, but it looked really good. That was a good movie.
0: It was a good horrible movie.
1: It was meant to be, though.
0: Yes, I know.
1: That's the point, though. Which, I'm going to guess, David, you haven't seen that.
2: I was silent for this conversation. For a reason.
1: Okay. so
2: Because he hasn't
0: seen it. <laughs>
1: Um, but he just he does such a good job of framing action. I think I think better than somebody like a Michael Bay because he actually lets a shot sit. Michael Bay to me cuts far too much, um, and he's gotten worse about that as he's gotten older. But McTiernan did a really good job of setting up action and framing in a way that makes everything really interesting to look at, even if it's something mundane like somebody talking on a payphone. I don't know, maybe maybe that's just a film nerd in me noticing that. But uh, I love the way McTiernan shoots stuff. That's probably why I've liked every movie of his I've seen. And I haven't seen Rollerball. Did he direct the second one? No. No, that was Rennie uh, Harlan.
2: That might be why we like the first and the third, just part I, of it
1: anyway. I know that's a big part of it for me.
3: Because,
1: um, hmm. I mean, it, when I look back at the movies that he's made that I've seen... Uh, I've liked all of them. Like I say, I haven't seen Rollerball because I hear that's a pile of, of dog poo. Um
0: I which which Rollerball? Well, the first or the remake?
1: The remake. He wasn't making movies when the first one came out.
0: I mean I've enjoyed them both, but they're they're designed to be that B movie bat.
1: Uh, true. I just haven't seen it. Um but like The Thirteenth Warrior, I really like that movie. Um and that one got panned a lot, too. but I don't know why that movie was great. I don't know why either. I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, that might end up on the show at some point if we find somebody who hasn't seen it. Sounds like, David, you've seen it. Which movie? 13th Warrior? Or was that Charlie that said he liked it? i uh,
3: never seen it. <laughs> I, I like that movie. I, I own that
1: movie, actually. Okay. Well, David, I feel like the list of movies you haven't seen is... Quite it's
2: gonna be easy to find movies <laughs> I haven't seen
1: uh, well you you have a little bit of a reason in that you're young um, but also like I grew up going to movies and watching movies so that was like okay. my thing uh, but overall you enjoyed this so that's good I yeah I mean I feel like it's what 24 years old now 20 23 years old I feel like it held up as a As an action movie, I don't think there's anything that's overly uh that you wouldn't see in a movie today um, Well, no, pay phones okay <laughs> that's true, but you know like there's a thing where you can you can say, well, oh, you know if they had cell phones in this movie or if they had smartphones in this movie, how different it would be, but I don't think
0: they had cell phones
1: they had cell phones
0: and
1: well, they didn't and, have yeah.
2: car phone that was a big one in that Mercedes and yeah. That
1: uh, oh, the the Mercedes you mean uh, when they asked uh, this question? Hey, who is the twenty first president? Don't <laughs> yourself The very the very New York reaction. There were a couple there were a couple of things that i watching it this time around though I did find kind of funny. Um, one was uh the when the bomb explodes in Wall Street and you see all the, the people like in that office building looking down and then when it cuts it cuts eating
2: popcorn, yeah, yeah. It,
1: it cuts back to them like you know, five minutes later and they're all eating popcorn staring at it, that is, uh, that is the, oh, only in New York trope, right? Uh, mm. You see that, any movie that's set in New York, you always see something like that.
2: Oh my god, you can see right down into the subway. No way. Uh, it?
1: it was like they did it in um, the first Ghostbusters where uh, when um, uh, what's his name, uh, uh, Rick Moranis like slams up against that glass window and he slides down and everyone stops and looks at him and as soon as he's out of view, they just go back to eating like it's that you know just new york thing that one and then the other cheesy thing i thought like i noticed it this time was when um the bomb tech brings in that bomb and you know he's slamming it around and he's to show off what the what the technology of it is was very like hollywood only happens in a movie thing like no bomb tech oh. is ever going to do that in the captain's office
2: oh. yeah they wouldn't that. even bring it upstairs
3: <laughs> no yeah. Like that's no, a, it, it. It would be completely disassembled, and it'd be in a, a bomb-proof container in the yeah. basement, not not whipping it around and showing
1: how it works, and like uh, that. That cracked me up. Um, but yeah, so that was that was total movie moment, movie trope thing. Uh, but no, outside of like those couple of things, I feel like this could have been a movie that could have been made a year or two ago, and it wouldn't have been that I, different.
0: I mean, it was oh, it was set up. Uh, basically, by the books number action buddy cop movie, uh, which also the hitman's bodyguard kind of follows oh. uh, using the Sam Jackson. So, and it's it, it felt just like that movie.
1: And buddy cop movies, using that kind of formula, it, it all hinges on your two leads chemistry. Oh, right? yeah. You can't, like, lethal weapon doesn't work if Mel Gibson and Danny Glover don't play off each other the way that they do. Um, or my favorite buddy cop movie, which is Running Scared, um, because just the chemistry between Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines. But you see, some of the, like the bad a bad buddy cop movie um, is just there's no chemistry between your two leads. Um, did any of you ever see the Kevin Smith movie Cop Out?
0: No, nope. I think I saw uh, bits and no. pieces, but I did not see the
3: whole movie. Okay, I've only heard bad things.
1: <laughs> well, it was, so it's Kevin Smith movie starring Bruce Willis and Tracy Morgan, and you'd think that should work okay, but. It's wholly phoned in by Bruce Willis. He did not, I think, enjoy making that movie. And uh, and that's, that's a buddy cop movie that just doesn't work. But this, I think, did. Bruce Willis is interesting to me because when he doesn't want to be in a movie or he's just doing a movie for a paycheck, you can tell. And I think that's why I didn't like the fourth Die Hard as much, is it felt too much to me like he was just collecting a paycheck. This was still Bruce Willis kind of
3: being, you know, action guy Bruce Willis. And and not just phoning it in. Oh, you can always tell when the actors are having fun versus when they're not having fun. Even if they're being stoic and serious, you can tell the stoic and serious guys having a good time being stoic and serious. <laughs>
1: it's very true. It's very true. Um and this one, I Sam Jackson sounded, you know, seemed like he was just having a ball. When doesn't he? That's a good point. Jeremy Irons you could tell was having fun. I think I just like I like him and I think he made a great villain. You know, it's like that was that was the other thing that made this movie and the first Die Hard I think better the best of the the original three is the villains the bad guys in Die Hard two just were kind of boring and yeah, it's sad
0: generic yeah
1: well and it's sad because the the guy that played uh, William Sadler I like a lot and I've seen him in other stuff but he was just sort of by the numbers late eighties early nineties action movie villain.
0: Well, I mean, just like with any type of movie or comic books or video games, it's the villain that makes the show. Without a good villain, you don't have a good hero to work off of that villain.
3: That's true. Mm. And going back to the to the original statement about the, the underdeveloped secondary bad guy, like it's really hard to compete with Jeremy Irons' performance in this movie. Like he, he, he just steals the screen from all of the other villains. He does, but I mean, go back to the first Die Hard
1: movie, you know. Alan Rickman is Hans Gruber, one of the best villains ever, right? I mean, nobody's really going to dispute that. But you also remember the big blonde Amish dude, Carl. You might not know the name. You not, might not know him by his name, Carl, but you remember him as a character in the movie. And it's like the, the Targo character in this just seemed like, I don't know, like he was just sort of tacked on. Like they could have the gotten Master
0: him. will be pleased. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, they could have – basically, they could have gotten away with him not not making him seem like a big-time bad guy and just part of the group. Yeah. Because there was the subplot with, like, his girlfriend and then she turns on him at the last minute to go with Jeremy Irons. Like, that felt a little forced.
2: Yeah, they spent all of no time on that relationship.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's just all of a sudden, oh, yeah, by the way –
2: Because at the beginning, they said that, like, one of them should be dead or something.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of
2: them got blown up. And then when she knifed the dude, the security guard at the Federal Reserve, they did, like, a zoom in on the scars on her neck. Mm -hmm. And then she had the thing on the boat where she killed the discount villain. And those were, like, her only developmental points. And I think we were supposed to know more about her. Like I don't think I could have told you that she was in a relationship with Simon. I could have been equally likely; it was the other dude in my head.
3: <laughs> well, she was. It, it was stated that she was married to the other guy.
2: Oh, okay. Did oh, they must have said that when they were in the van getting briefed.
3: Yeah, um, that when the when the feds were briefing McClane. Yeah, yeah. One, one thing.
2: One thing. Um, one thing I kind of liked how they did is when they answered the phone on the corner and there was the gal on the phone before them, they said, you know, there's a fat woman on the phone and you could hear Simon said that you could have just said there was a fat woman on the phone, um, spit it out or whatever he said. And so that told, and you could see it in McLean's eyes that they can see us. Yeah, And they never touched on that.
1: Yeah,
0: well, kind well, of. They kind of did as they panned back uh, at the when they were uh, at the Federal Reserve area or where the the bomb blew up in the subway. Is they panned back as there's you're seeing them watching everybody else
2: from yeah, up but, above. In
1: the- yeah, but the police I, never followed it up. I think is what he means.
0: Yeah, yeah, he
2: never when he was getting grilled in the car about what info he might know. I figured he'd bring it up then, and he didn't. Um, yeah, but. I thought it was good misdirection, but also kind of like, why even mention it?
1: Yeah, and sort why of. why
2: even spend time on it?
0: But well, I, I saw it more as a uh, messing with the mind, uh, not trying to use the normal yeah, curriculum tr- for it, but uh, <laughs> messing with the mind of McLean and uh, Samuel's uh, character, and, or Zeus. Now, uh,
2: yeah, you probably won't hear this from me often, but in another movie in speed right mm-hmm. don't they establish that the dude can don't they like somehow establish that the dude can see what's going on in the bus
1: yes they do figure out that he's got some sort of a video feed because uh, they end up using that against him
2: because they use that same like misdirect like he knew something that he, sh- he couldn't have known other than if he was told it or if he saw it and they didn't tell him right if I remember correctly the same sort of uh, not trope but plot idea mm-hmm. the,
3: the, yeah. the bait and switch in it, and it was because like oh they're being followed by the you know the news van that's how he's seeing how they're doing everything and then later he realized that he said something that oh he only got that because of something he could have seen if he could see inside the bus and that's yeah. when they made the realization except they followed it up in speed
1: yeah they followed it up it was like a plot thread they pulled on and just sort of gave up in this yeah. because then they just moved the action along um no that's a it's a good observation I think it would have been kind of neat to to have that be an extra layer but at the same time would it have bogged things down uh, as they try to figure out where he is because you know you just move it along and eventually they kind of were like okay they're in the Federal Reserve now we're chasing him you know in all the dump trucks and
2: yeah no I I, I liked every I liked almost everything they did with this movie I think it is a really good movie Um, one thing that I think is kind of a misnomer is I think it's almost a misnomer to call it an action movie it feels more suspenseful to me because there's not really if we're thinking action is like explosions and fighting and car chases there isn't actually that much of that until the last quarter third of the movie
1: well, that's a good like, point it's kind of more of a, almost a more of a mystery almost
2: you don't see the villain they're just trying to get from place to place they're doing riddles they're not necessarily fighting one the fight scene like the one where he figured out the dudes in the elevator were bad guys that was just like a six second interlude it wasn't really a drawn out fight but i i i would classify this personally more suspenseful than actiony
1: and it kind of falls in line i mean the first movie was a lot like that if you think about it they don't yeah you know in in the first die hard mclean and gruber have like one two scenes together they don't meet until three quarters of the way through the movie. In this mm-hmm. one, they don't meet until the very end. You don't even see Simon until almost an hour into the movie. Yeah, um, you just hear his voice. So I can see what you're, where you're going with that, and it makes yeah. sense. It is more suspenseful. It's more figure it out and follow the breadcrumbs than it is like a, a by the numbers action movie, like a you know it's not it's not the Expendables or something along yeah. those lines.
2: Yeah, because you're trying to figure out in your head what's happening who simon is how he can know all this and they're giving you breadcrumbs like the the fat woman line and uh and him knowing about zeus and knowing that zeus's people are in the chester arthur elementary school and stuff like that
1: yeah and i i think that's a hallmark of mctiernan because if you look at his like people call him an action director movie uh movie director wow that did not come out right at all um an action movie director But if you look at his movies, you know, Die Hard is – it's got action in it, but you could call that a suspense movie. Uh, Predator has a lot – has action, but not until the very end. The first part of that's your kind of prototypical, uh, what, picking off the – you know, the monster picking off guys one by one. Um, I guess you could say Last Action Hero, but Hunt for Red October is not an action movie at all, in my opinion.
3: Um, So – that, that's probably another reason why the last two movies didn't work well in the Die Hard franchise, because Die Hard is yes, it's an action franchise, but it's it's really more about the the mystery, figuring out what is going on, mm-hmm. what is actually going on, instead of what we're being led to think is going on. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. the character of John McClane is a detective not, primarily a detective not a, a hunter down superhero, yeah. yeah
1: superhero jumping off a of Harrier Jets
2: yeah <laughs> But we'll leave stuff like that to Mission Impossible, where the physics of the film are oh, in the name.
1: Tom Tom Cruise and his center tooth.
2: I don't know what to tell you. I really liked the most recent one.
1: Oh, no. Uh, I love the Mission Impossible <laughs> movies, but I'm telling you right now. i uh, next not time, talking about that. Next, <laughs> but next time you watch one, just look at Tom Cruise and realize that he's got a tooth dead center oh, on no, his I, face. I've, I've seen that, yeah. <laughs> you will never unsee that again. Um, Thanks for that. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, he's also really short um
3: <laughs> no that watch, idea.
1: watch I, top
2: gun under the assumption he's six inches taller than or shorter than everybody else
1: right because he pretty much is um no what I found. whoa i hit siri <laughs> I, <bet. laughs> I was wondering who who did that here's
2: what i found for top gun
1: <laughs> uh no i had uh i had two other quotes that i i really liked in the movie um that I wanted to play real quick. And uh, this is from when he gets out of the police van in Harlem. We'll be back to pick you up in 15 minutes. Take your time. I expect to be dead in four. <laughs> Interestingly enough, in the trivia I was reading, that uh, from the time he says that line until the guys see him on the street, it was exactly four minutes.
2: That's, really? like something, that's something I think this movie would be so good for. And this is the habit I inherited from my mom is every time a time until something is happening is stated in a movie, she <laughs> is counting under her breath. She's like, I gotta see what's up. And this movie would be perfect for that. Oh, yeah. But that four-minute thing is good, whereas, I mean, the whole movie is only two hours long, so that they the bomb of the school goes off at three, and it's only, you know, 10.57 or whatever, so not everything, obviously, but some of the stuff. But I also... It, I'm not as prepared as you, Travis, but I have some quotes that I sort of paraphrased that I thought were good quotes from a first-time viewer and sort of pulling away from the action more towards the buddy cop thing, just a lot of the the lines that were stated. Like, at the beginning when they're in the police office, they say, uh, and this might just be a 95 thing um, or a New York thing, who the hell would blow up a department store? And then a gal says... You ever see a woman miss a shoe sale? Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> I just thought, a
3: woman said that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is, uh, is straight-up 90s action movie
3: cliché. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Still funny, though. Oh, well, yeah. You know,
2: I, I giggled, and it, it made me laugh, but it's, like, almost because it's funny, but almost because of how ridiculous it is.
1: Uh, there was also this one, um, and I just, I... I don't know if it's my irreverence or what, but I always like when this line gets used.
3: Where the hell are you going, McLean?
2: I told you Ninth Avenue is the quickest way yelling. I know what I'm doing. Not even God knows what you're doing.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it just cracks me up every time I hear that. Sorry.
2: I, I, I thought a lot of the lines that Sam Jackson had were just good retorts, good comebacks. Um... Like at the beginning when the two kids are in his shop and they bring him the stereo that's obviously stolen and uh he goes, Hand hey me that newspaper, and he just hits them in. The yeah. head. It's like uh it's like hand me my cane. Yep, like, like, Give me the gloves.
1: That was cut
2: your switch.
3: Yeah, exactly.
1: Did any of you ever watch the show Leverage?
3: I love Leverage. That no. show's great. I okay. did
1: not. You did not. David, did you? No. Okay. Uh, well, Charlie, did you realize that the younger of the two kids is Aldous Hodge, uh, who was the the dude in Leverage?
2: I was looking at IMDb. He was in something else recently too. I I did not know that that was Aldous Hodge.
1: Yeah, it it when if you go back and watch it again, you'll see it. You'll real you'll recognize him right away.
2: He was one of the husbands in Hidden Figures. That's what I recognized him from. Okay,
1: I haven't seen that. Yeah,
2: Hidden Figures is so good.
1: Okay, good. I'll add that to my list.
2: Uh, it's not well reviewed but I liked it I'll give it a it's shot Badly really reviewed I will say but that's when I was scrolling through the the IMDB that's what I recognized it from because I obviously used an adult adult photo of him right um I yeah I, I just sort of took notes on some of the lines I liked um, when Cobb when they're in the van bringing him to Harlem when they're in the van uh, he's talking to Cobb is talking to Simon on the phone and he says he's two steps short of being an alcoholic and uh, uh, he's like in, in the background like whispering one one, only no, one, only one step. Only one. Yeah. one step
1: <laughs> one step um, Well, then he calls him a toilet bug which I never got even even when I first saw the movie I'm like a toilet bug, what the hell is that it was a weird insult Yeah, it's gotta be a New York thing it must Ora,
2: be Ora, that dude was like you know, 70 when that movie was filmed. and
1: Well, I don't think he was quite that old, but yeah, all right.
2: Whatever, he's old. <laughs> um, uh, a lot of uh, extremely modern, relevant political figures were mentioned in this movie, um, saying, uh, I don't remember what the lead-up to it, and then the, the switchboard operator goes, yeah, and I'm going to marry Donald Trump. What, you mean...
3: All calls will be coming through this switchboard. And I'm going to marry Donald Trump.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that one. I, I I didn't realize he had that. And then at the end, they get cut off on the on the highway, and he goes, "Who are you,
1: lady? Hillary Clinton?" Yeah. I was <laughs> gonna so, I was gonna capture that audio, and I didn't.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I just thought that was good. Two good, timely, uh, modern political references um,
1: that I wrote down. Yeah, not bad for a movie, you know, 25 years ago. Or almost.
0: Yeah, just apparently, to toilet thing. bug means the afflicted person is to visit and use each and every toilet they pass by no matter how long ago they went to the last one. <laughs>
2: it's like an Urban Dictionary thing?
1: Wow, so that's, yeah. that's not even like a good insult.
0: <laughs>
1: that's just like you can't pass a toilet without stopping to use it. Interesting.
0: Well, if he's always drunk and throwing up or relieving himself and et cetera.
1: So. Yeah, I guess. That's true. Or is I
0: mean, it's not a good insult, like but it's just
1: it's oh. facts. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. So did anyone else think that the um, the migraine thing with Simon was kind of weak? Like, that's how he found him at the end was because he tossed oh. him a bottle of aspirin.
2: And it... It took me a sec to put that together.
1: Um, Right, because I just mentioned it one time, like, oh, and he suffers from migraines. And then they don't mention that anymore. And you only see him, like, one other time.
0: Oh, no, it was, like, three or four times that he was
2: digging into that bottle. I didn't even put the migraine thing together. I just thought the dude had aspirin on him. It wasn't even a migraine thing.
1: Well, there you go, then. He
0: was digging into that bottle every time. He dug into it when he was in the... uh, Uh, a couple of times while he was in the dump truck, and another time when he was in one of the other vehicles. It was mostly when he was getting in and out of the vehicles that he was getting at, holding his uh, the brow of his nose. Oh,
3: yeah, and, that's and true. Yeah. Yeah, he did do he, that.
0: They, they played it. I
2: don't yeah, know, it, it,
3: it. It was just subtle enough that you didn't get it, I guess.
2: What I what I thought you meant by that, Travis, was I thought you meant, what a f- stretch to go from a brand name on the bottom of an aspirin bottle to discovering their secret mega hideout with a helicopter in it.
1: Well, like so
2: that's... There, there's probably, you know, Point du Nord or whatever it was, um, the truck stop. There's probably more than one of those.
1: True. Um, no, it, apparently that whole ending was kind of tacked on. Um, the whole thing with them going to Canada and finding them. Because the original ending, which... You could get on. I want to say it was like the uh, um, oh, DVD, the first Blu-ray release. They had an Special alternate
0: edition DVD. Yep. Okay,
1: they had an alternate ending where um, McLean winds up finding Simon somewhere in Europe, and they uh, they have a confrontation across a table with like a was it a rocket launcher. Um, I don't remember, but they they ended up changing the ending because they felt like it made McLean seem somehow worse. Um, so they re-edited everything uh, to you know the, the ending that we got So that's partly why I think why it uh, felt a little tacked on for me I gotcha um, okay hmm. but I mean
3: I actually think that that has uh, to do with with the big thing that they've discussed in other movies uh, the fact that um, the, you can't let the bad guy win you just can't have a good movie that ends with the bad guy. Um, I'm not against,
2: well, oh, you just pasted the whole trivia.
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: man. (laughs) That's
0: better than just
2: reading it all out loud. All right. Uh, Well, we can't just all read it silently.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think I've watched that once on the special edition DVD, and it was okay, but it was, you know, it was like a delete, it was like any other deleted scene, the film grain, it was grainy film, it was bad
3: audio, because it wasn't finished. Yeah, most of those
2: are like that, but I don't know. That, over, yeah, as we'll, cheesy yeah. as the actual ending was, reading that Russian roulette with a rocket launcher answer is <laughs> way cheesier. It had the sights removed, so you couldn't tell which end is which. Uh, <laughs> which way is the trigger pointing?
1: Exactly. <laughs> well, don't a There's lot still of still a trigger. A lot of those have like a push button trigger. I thought I don't. Regardless,
2: I could, what mm-hmm. side is it on?
1: Yeah. No, I think that that
2: would have been dumb.
1: I think that would have been a dumber <laughs> ending than what they had. So, uh, also only one of the first three diehard movies that wasn't set at Christmas. Yes. Cause the first two are set at Christmas. Did
2: um, we get any indication of date? I mean, it wasn't like snowing in New York. It was, I guess I said it was hot.
1: Yeah. Well, they, they mentioned Indian summer and they mentioned the kids are in school,
3: so it's probably September, right? Yep. That'd True. be about right. But May or September, either end yeah. of the school year or beginning of the school year.
1: Uh, I just, I feel like the, the line about how it's, you know, it's still so hot made me think, um, later in the year. That's fair.
2: I like that. That's fair
1: too. Um, no, overall, I, I like the hell out of this movie. I will watch it anytime. Um, but I'm, I'm really glad to hear that you liked it, David.
2: Uh, I didn't, I didn't expect myself to not like it. Um, but I'm, I'm definitely pleased with how much I did end up liking it because it, it was, it is a good film. And I, I would recommend it heartily.
1: Well, that's good. Well, I think
2: um, I think it's going to wrap up the first show. So thanks for bringing me. Yeah, I want to oh, thank
1: really I want to thank all three of you, David, Christina, and Charlie, for joining me on this. Um, and I'm not sure exactly what the next movie is going to be yet, um, but um, we'll keep uh, keep going on that, and we'll, we'll figure it out and Um, we'll see if maybe we can find a a movie that Christina hasn't seen that she likes, or maybe, maybe find one that hasn't been seen that somebody doesn't like.
2: Gotcha. Um, perfect. All right. Thank
1: you. Um, if anybody has anything they want to hawk or, um, or anything like that, go ahead.
3: Um, Yeah. I I don't have any cure all things to sell yet. Sorry. No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Fine, fine, fine. Well, thank you guys for joining and, um, We'll see everybody next time on uh, Wait You Haven't Seen. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye Bye-bye. You're, YOU'RE DOING.